Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. Certainty. I have been pondering certainty this week. How we are, or at least seem to be, certain about some things and uncertain about others. And I've been thinking about certainty through the lens of today's fascinating reading from the book of Acts. Here is Paul in Athens, Greece, one of the greatest, if not the great, city of the West, rising from the city-states of ancient Greece 600 years before Christ. Athens was the birthplace of so many of the disciplines that undergird our civilization, democracy, philosophy, literature, and others. Athens gave us thinkers like Socrates and Plato and Aristotle and Herodotus, the father of history. Theater and architecture would look radically different without Athens. And Unlike many of the outposts of human civilization where mere survival was considered an accomplishment, in Athens people would gather to debate public policy and consider the ultimate truths. Pericles, an Athenian in the 5th century BC, once remarked, our whole city is an education, for our citizens excel all in versatility, resourcefulness, and brilliance. I bet he was a scream at parties. (laughs) Now one would think such brilliant people would have everything figured out. From the ordering of the natural world, to the best way to organize human civilization, to the very nature of God, one might assume that such accomplished society would have been certain that they knew all there was to know. But maybe, just maybe, maybe the Athenians were not so certain. For today we read in Acts about our friend Paul, a learned man in his own right, a Pharisee, a Roman citizen, and a disciple of Christ, who arrives in Athens to preach the good news of Jesus. And in Athens, Paul finds the temple to the Agnos Theos, the temple of the unknown God. How bizarre a temple to an unknown God. It must have been a great challenge to decorate. Athenians were pagans, primarily worshipping the twelve Olympians, Zeus and Athena and Poseidon, etc. But there was also this thirteenth god they would worship, the unknown god, the ultimate covering of one's spiritual posterior. 
Athenians worshipped this unknown god to make sure that they were right with whoever was actually running the show in case they were wrong. And so, considering this admission of unknowing, we might guess that despite all of their accomplishment, the Athenians were actually just as uncertain as the rest of the world. Perhaps this was a sign of great wisdom, the personification of the old adage that the first step towards wisdom is knowing that we know nothing. Or perhaps this was a deeper psychological and spiritual disclosure that despite the grand buildings and mental gymnastics, the people of Athens were still as uncertain about life as the next person. So I've been thinking about certainty this week. We, like the Athenians, like to be certain. We need to be certain. We need to look like we are certain. This goes here, that goes there, this means this, that means that. She is good, he is evil, all organized in their collective boxes, everything in their modern and understandable place. But if we are honest with ourselves and risk being just a little bit vulnerable, we must admit that all is a facade, for there is much to be uncertain about as well. We go into the doctor's examination room and wonder if it will be a good number or a bad number. The phone rings at an odd hour and we wonder if it will be good news or bad news. We turn on the television and in only a few moments we're screaming why at the screen or perhaps something else that I'm not going to repeat in polite company. And then only after 10 minutes we have to turn it off again. In my own life, I admit I will confess that I have been blessed with a certain amount of certainty. I have lost. A day doesn't go by that I don't miss my daddy. But overall, I am very blessed. However, one episode of extreme uncertainty stares out at me. For in October of 2002, during my last year of seminary and Ellen and my first year of marriage, the Washington, D.C. area was engulfed in terror as the Beltway Sniper killed 10 people in a series of meaningless attacks. They would pull up somewhere in their jerry-rigged car with a hole in the trunk where they could aim and shoot their gun and just pick someone off at random. Average folks like you and me would be going about their day, filling the car with gas, shopping, going to school or work, and the sniper would strike. One of the victims was shot in the parking lot of a Home Depot less than a mile from our apartment the day after Ellen and I had been there ourselves. So everything was very, very uncertain, and the daily occupations of life strangely morphed. When you filled up your car with gas after you put the nozzle in, you would duck down below the windows or go in to the gas station while your car filled up. When the kids went to school, all recess and after-school sports and activities were canceled because the schools were in lockdown. At night, we would huddle in front of the television, watching the police chase after some suspected car. Even the simple, walk of, simple act of walking up to the apartment became strange. For instead of strolling from the car to the building, 
and this sounds very silly in retrospect, we would, at the advice of the local authorities, run in a zigzag pattern from one place to another. It was insane. And it was hard, it's hard to describe the atmosphere in the city. After three long weeks, the two killers were eventually captured while sleeping in their car at a rest stop, and they have since been tried and sentenced by the state. But I still shudder at the thought of those horrible days. We all live in uncertainty. Whether we are Athenians or Mississippians, going about a normal day or living through an extraordinary time, if we truly stop and if we are truly honest with ourselves, we must admit there is, a, there is little in life of which we can be certain. Well, except one thing. One miraculous, glorious, wonderful thing. And that is the love of God. In today's Gospel, Jesus says, You know God because He abides in you, and He will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. Jesus tells us today that despite all our uncertainty, no matter what life may throw at us, and in the face of all of our fears and grief, conscious or subconscious, God is with us, and God will never abandon us. God's love for us is certain and real and present, now and forever. We may or may not be as smart and accomplished and worldly as those Athenians that Paul preached to 2,000 years ago, but none of that holds a candle to the love of God. For our God is not unknown. For he is the one that, in Paul's word, made the world and everything in it. And that creator also unconditionally loves you and me. And with our God, all can be certain. Amen.